1: Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's and O's update on 1460
2: KXNO. I'm Trent Condon. Iowa State back in the top 25 after the win Saturday against Kansas. Rudely welcomed into the top 25 by Baylor, though a good start for the Cyclones. Here's wiley Bad. Shea, good-looking step-back
0: three-pointer. And what an offensive explosive year it's been for Mariel Shea.
2: After trailing by eight at the half, they came roaring back. Had a chance to tie it at the end. Five seconds to go. Here's Weitler-Bad. Oh! A lot of contact!
0: The buzzer sounds, and this one is over!
2: I mean, that's a foul. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't want to take away from Baylor. That is a foul. The call from ESPN News. In Missouri Valley Conference play last night, you and I fell to Illinois State 70-69, Drake a big win at home over SIU 82-70. Nick McGlynn with the double-double 19-11. 25th ranked Iowa back in action tonight. They traveled to Northwestern to take on the Wildcats. You can hear the game on 1040 WHO 8 o'clock tip.
1: It's 24-Hour Sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460
0: KXNO. All right, welcome back. Final hour of the program, Miller and Condon uh, with you until noon, every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. Tomorrow, Adam Teicher from ESPN.com, long time Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, beat reporter. He's with the star for years. Uh, moved over to ESPN.com. Adam Teicher tomorrow. 1025? He's
2: early in the show, is he not? 1025, and I saw Teich last night on SportsCenter. Did you? Doing his minute hit that they do with the NFL writers around ESPN.com. Uh, all of the
0: uh, the teams that uh, have assigned writers uh, get that little hit. Was he wearing a shirt and tie?
2: Yeah, just saw the neck up, but it was in that little box. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just the top up, didn't even see if he had a tie. Uh good for uh, good for show. It was a good move. I mean, newspaper,
0: sadly, we well, don't have to remind you. I saw the Dallas Morning News laid off forty people uh, yesterday. Newspapers, uh, papers, sadly. Um, David, for another day. You know where I'm going. Oh, I know. Uh, Trent, let's do this. Uh, t- so when we last saw the Hawkeyes was uh, Sunday, same time as the Bears game. Uh, tonight, there's nothing getting in the way of this 8 o'clock tip tonight. So it's uh, locked and loaded. Don't have to flip back and forth or tape one or whatever. It's uh, Northwestern and it's Iowa. When the last time Iowa took the floor, they put up 93 against Nebraska. Ryan Creener started in that basketball game. I thought he gave him a huge spark. Mm-hmm. Not saying that the win was solely predicated on his game, but you know what? he was really good i mean he made that bucket early in the game got himself into it i think he gives him a little nasty back there he's um he's one of those the few on the roster Garza being one, uh, that, you know, makes a guy think, or at least gives a little bit of second thoughts, whether he wants to just sashay through the lane and know that he's going to get there, um, without getting anybody in the way. Krener's got, uh, has got that part to his game. Does he
2: start again tonight? I think they go that direction. They're going to need both these guys, though, because Northwestern, this is not exactly a guard heavy team. This is big guys inside from Pardon, who's the wide body. Vic Law, who Vic Law's been around forever. He played with Evan Eshmeyer, right? I think he had to have.
0: I mean, he's been around forever. Yes, and he's leading the team in scoring. He was yes. last time I checked.
2: Yeah, and and he's a guy that Tyler Cook, I'm sure, going to get the assignment on mm-hmm. him right away. Big guy's going to be a good battle trend too. Ultra important this evening in this one, and this is a game we saw Bohannon finally get going. It started with that shot at the buzzer at the end of the first half against Nebraska. <laughs> If think, pick- think about how he did that, I mean, he was, yeah. both of his feet were off the floor. It was kind of that little jump, yep,
0: and boom, right in, big bucket,
2: knocked it in, and then went off. What twenty-two in the second half, uh-huh. and huge. I mean, whenever Nebraska would cut it to like four
0: or five, seemingly, mm-hmm. it was Bohannon with a three. Every
2: single time. Every time, absolutely. He was the one that answered. So if that continues, I've talked about the development of Isaiah Moss. Mm-hmm. He had He's a nice game. come a long, long ways, and it's just not him offensively, just shooting the ball anymore. There's a lot more to his game. He's being more of a playmaker. You know, we talked about that with Tyler Cook earlier this season, how much more of a playmaker he is when he gets the ball and his ability, obviously, to put his head down and get to the rim, but making plays for other guys. You're seeing the same thing for Isaiah Moss, and his Dangerous' team always has been offensively. That continues. They're talking about yet another layer. This team doesn't have to be great defensively. I mean, you saw it against Nebraska. They weren't great. No, but they... No, but they, they gave over, over 1.1 points per possession. That's bad. Yeah. But you score 93, right. you can get away with it. Right. They've been better defensively this year overall, though. 11 straight games on the road in the Big Ten. They've trailed by 17 or more. That's a statistic that blew me... Didn't Halas put that out? Yes. That was last week, right? Came back and got the win against Illinois uh, ago. during the
0: Purdue game. Was it not? I think yes. you put that out. That's a remarkable statistic. Now they're on the road remarkably
2: again. bad statistic. Welsh Ryan, mm-hmm. difficult to get up for. New building, new basically. building. Trent, yes. Yeah.
0: And, um, let me ask you this: where, where are you on Wieskamp? Is he living up to? I mean, the hype was probably going to be unfair for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so decorated coming into this. Boy, he owns that shot from the left corner. That three ball. Why do you leave him alone there? <laughs> because he's going to make it, and he, and he does most of the time. What kind of seasons he having in his first go-around? Early
2: in Big Ten play, but early in his freshman campaign. I would say as anticipated, at least for me. I know there's some people that were expecting probably even more, but... Still looking for his role. It's mm-hmm. difficult. He's, he's played with basically all upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. It is difficult to find that role. But boy, between the years though, Trent, he's a smart yes. player. He's been, I'd say, as advertised. I think so too. I don't. Yeah. I
0: don't think that's crazy. I mean, maybe the scoring's not what we we thought it was going to be. But you know, I'm kind of glad in a way that you just can't <laughs> come in and make it look as easy as he is. It's not supposed to be that easy. I I think he's been very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Madison Square Garden tournament. You know that was it wasn't his best work but since then I think he's been good. Well anxious to see tonight. I hope they start Kreener uh again tonight. Um you mentioned uh, you mentioned Isaiah Moss he's been terrific and Bohannon uh, who got to the free throw line how many didn't he, wasn't he he was perfect. Mhm. Was it Eight for eight, ten for ten, I think is the number that rings a bell. Ten for ten. Uh, against Northwest, or against Nebraska, rather. So three and a half point dogs tonight. Uh, Big Ten Network has the game. So does 1040 WHO. Tip time is, uh, at eight o'clock. Back to last night for just a second, Trent. And as we said to start the show, if you're a team that, uh, fancies itself as a, as a true contender in, in, in a conference, um, you got to take care of your home floor obviously and you have to go out and win the games on the road that you're supposed to win and they did that in uh, game number 1 in the in Big 12 play against Oklahoma State and they didn't last night and Baylor let uh, Baylor made them play their game um it was an ugly basketball game but I don't care the, that's one that you should beat Baylor on the road Baylor's got two guys Clark and Mason and Mason was just all over the place in that basketball game last night. And Clark is a matchup night. This kid's a man is what he is. Um, and I'm anxious to see how Pro divies divvies out these minutes because Wigginton was on the floor at the end of the game last night. And I think that goes back to that player coach meeting on Sunday that, um, you know, they, they discussed the lack of playing time against Kansas. If that meeting wouldn't have happened, is Halliburton
2: on the floor? Ooh, that's a good question, and I think I think something still to ponder is how this is going to go. in In that situation, you need a three, right? Final play of the game. What was the lineup? You mentioned Halliburton was on the bench. Was Was Jacobson out there? Mm, yes, he was subbed back in. Why? Well, he can make that. Now he didn't make the
0: three earlier. He, he didn't. He, but he had a three. He can make that cause But he, Halliburton can make it better. Uh huh. Well. It's not like you need a defensive stop if you don't. You don't need six foot eight or whatever no. it is at that point. A- excellent point. Excellent point. Put them both out there. Mm-hmm. Go five guards because because Halliburton could knock down. He can knock down the three ball. All you need is a three. Uh-huh. Sheaak was on the floor. Horton Tucker was on the floor. Wyler babb as we know was on the floor. Uh, he wasn't going to get that call. The call that was missed earlier was the Sheaak was uh, was the, the tie up. I mean that's not a jump ball. That's a foul. Keegler fouled him. Jayhawk had complete control of the basketball. He had both arms around it. Keegler comes in, puts one hand on his arm, the other hand on the basketball jump ball, whistle. That's not right. That was awful. And then subsequently on the inbounds, Mason gets fouled, gets to the free throw line, and, and never misses. And, and maybe that's why Iowa State was caught off guard, because you don't expect them to miss. He misses the second. Uh, Solomon Young, who is in the basketball game, and he didn't look good last night. And maybe it's just a lack of playing time mm-hmm. out of him. But he gets pushed out of the way for for an easy layup. You can't let you cannot have that happen. A it was a bad call to that uh, got things underway. It's not a jump. That's not a jump ball. That's a foul on Keegler. Baylor's got two guys. Win that game on the road. If you're going to win the Big Twelve, and after we saw against Kansas and we know that Azubuike is out for the year, all of a sudden winning 15 of these things in a row doesn't look as uh, the path is going to be quite as easy as some thought. I don't.
2: Texas Tech is legit. Very good. Legit. And for the first time this season, Ken Pomeroy, Ken Palm, yeah, has Texas Tech A predicted buff. to win the conference over Kansas, and Them- the final game of the regular season, Texas Tech
0: in Ames against Iowa State.
2: So he's got Palm's got uh, eleven and seven for Iowa State, twenty two and nine overall. Does that feel right to you? Mm, no, you think better? I think it has
0: to be better. Like uh, watching Oklahoma, Texas Tech last night, we both came away with the same take. Mm-hmm. That Oklahoma's maybe a little bit better than we thought. Yes. K State's banged up. K State is banged up. Wade, Stokes, both out. This game Saturday, Iowa State's got to win that basketball game. It's at home, you gotta take care of your home floor. Um, I think it's still I think it's a three team Texas got beat last night. They Oklahoma State was up huge in that game and picked them off. So do we have do we have tiers that
2: you're comfortable with in the in the conference? What what tier Iowa State in? Teetering 1-2? Top that, they three? Were... You'd still have to put Kansas up yeah, there. God. Well, of
0: course you do. Yeah. But but I'm, I'm moving Iowa State out based on last night.
2: Oh, you're moving them back. So it's top it's,
0: two? It's Texas Tech and Kansas, and I thought Iowa State belonged. If they would have won an ugly basketball game against... Baylor is nowhere near as talented against Iowa State. Iowa State played Baylor's game. Baylor dictated that game last night. They shouldn't have won the basketball game. Iowa State has more talent. They made 10 consecutive shots to end the first half. I thought Iowa State was going to run away with it midway through the first half. I really did. I thought that they were going to knock the crap, embarrass them in Waco in front of 6,000 people. I get the letdown factor. You just beat Kansas. You just beat Kansas in front of a raucous Hilton Coliseum. Now you're going to a mausoleum where everybody's fast asleep. But you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to if you're going to contend. So Iowa State is at it t- the top of the second tier. Oklahoma, was- TCU, yes. Although TCU, this is kind of a weird schedule. They've only played one conference game. They play tonight. Oh, they have to. I mean, they have to play tonight. I know K State hosts West Virginia. That's the early oh, game.
2: It's a they got Kansas at Kansas. That's what te- what time is that game? too. I think that's also eight o'clock. Yeah, same watching as Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, but uh, that one might be heft to- up. Put the record on the DVR. I'd like to go back and watch some of that one here this evening. Because I just don't have a great feel for this TCU team either. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them. Yeah. I, they didn't play in one of the big non-conference exempt events back in November. They played in, what was it, Hawaii or something right around Christmas time. So didn't see a whole lot of that. I know
0: they beat Baylor this past weekend, and Baylor made a nice comeback in the basketball game. So if they struggled... Yeah, I guess TC would have to be in that tier too, but I think Iowa State right now is at the top of the second. I think it's Texas Tech and I think it's Kansas and Iowa State got knocked off that tier next, uh, last night. We'll take a time out. David Kaplan is going to be here again. Full disclosure. Cappy's on the air right now in Chicago. We have to talk to Cappy first thing in the morning. Uh, same way with Paul Allen, who'll join us every single uh regular season game for the Vikings. He also joins us right through the Super Bowl to get PA's take. So we have to take Paul Allen first thing in the morning on Fridays because he's on the air up in the Twin Cities at a sister station of ours, KFAN. So Paul Allen will join us on Friday. Uh, but David Kaplan is going to join us next. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Let me do a little housekeeping trip before we uh, get out of here All and right. get to the break. Uh, it's time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword PIZZA mm. to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. Time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. The keyword is PIZZA. chance to win $1,000 message and data rates apply. Centurion Stone of Iowa brings us David Kaplan still to come. Wade Lookingbill, former Hawkeye, will take a closer look at Northwestern and Iowa tonight as they will play tonight at 8 o'clock. If you can't be in front of your TV, you know where to go. You can flip your radio to 1040WHO and you can hear Dolph and Bobby Hansen. Uh, They have the play-by-play at 8 o'clock. Trent and I will continue on here. David Kaplan joins us next from Chicago. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.
1: 1460 KXNO.
0: Welcome back. As promised, let's get to David Kaplan. Off we go to uh, Chicago. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. More about those guys, that fine company in just a second. Of course, Cappy, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Cap, I know it's the middle of the week. Uh, I, saw the, I saw your guest list yesterday. You had a number of Bears topics still percolating. I'm assuming this one's going to reverberate for a while. Is the Windy City over uh, the upset on Sunday yet, or will this one take a while, Cap?
1: Uh, No, here we are. A few days removed from it. And no, they are not over it. Uh, Cody Parkey, still a hot topic. We still had full phones wanting to talk Chicago Bears football. Uh, We had Trey Burton on the show. So, interesting stuff to discuss. But no, this will reverberate for a while because people really felt like they were going to be really, really entitled to this great run in the playoffs, maybe not win the Super Bowl, but certainly not lose in week one.
0: Well, they clearly exceeded expectations. I get the pain is still there. So let's go back all the way a couple of days to Monday when the NFL changed it from a, uh, from a missed field goal to a blocked field goal. Did that ease it at all as far as the Parky hatred out there? Or was it still, I should have got the ball up quicker? Um, th- does Parky catch a break because of the NFL changing how they scored it?
1: Uh, he might catch a break from some of the very casual fans, I'll put it. The diehards, no. And then, you know, Patrick Manley, who's a good friend of mine and was the long snapper, longest tenured bear in the history of the franchise, played more games than anybody. You know, he broke down what went wrong on the kick. And in his opinion, it was on Cody that he kicked it too low. So he said whether they got a fingernail on the ball or fingertip, that's on Cody. So, you know, he wasn't thrilled with the snap. He said the laces didn't come back the way they're supposed to. But he said Pat O'Donnell did a great job at getting it down and spinning the ball so it was set for Cody to kick it. He just didn't do a good enough job getting it done. So, Cap, uh,
2: take me in. You mentioned he had Trey Burton on. Trey Burton, tight end, uh, one of the big free agent acquisitions that Ryan Pace brought in in the offseason. Didn't play in the game because of a groin injury, something that didn't show up in the practice report, just showed up Saturday, uh, and something that I guess locked up in him. And there was also some talk of of anxiety. He uh, said he wasn't willing to throw a pass earlier in the season, so people wondered if maybe anxiety played a part in this. Take us back to the conversation you had with Burton and the decision not to play him Sunday.
1: Uh, He was unbelievably honest. I'm going to be real honest with you. I could not believe the level of honesty that we got from him. He openly talked about anxiety. He said it had nothing to do with this situation. He said, look, I've had my back lock up before. This was just in my groin. He said I started to feel it Friday afternoon at the end of practice, but he goes, I went through practice and had no issue. He goes, there was no anxiety about playing this game against that team, his former team for four years. He said it's just it was physical. He said now in terms of anxiety, he gets de- he deals with it. He said 100%. Percent. He said, I grew up in a family, uh, where there were some issues with anxiety. He said, I really didn't know how to, you know, recognize it until I went off to college and then started to get some help from one of the sports psychologists there. And that was what he started to see and he became more aware of it. And he said earlier in the year, and we played the cut on my show today. Uh, that he didn't want to throw the pass in the Chicago special, which was a knockoff of the Philly special Mm. from the Super Bowl. He said, I just had anxiety over it for whatever reason. He said, you know, some people eat to deal with stress. Some people drink. Some people do other things. He said, I just, I get anxiety over certain things in my life. Mm. He's got to deal
0: with it. David Kaplan uh, is our guest in Cheering Stone of Iowa. Uh, sponsors, Cappy. Cappy, I know yesterday, uh, no, beg your pardon, all the way back to Monday, uh, NBC Sports Chicago on your on your 6 o'clock show, uh, Sports Talk Chicago. You had a poll that uh, got my attention. I, I know you had to put up five games, uh, Kings in overtime, uh, beating the Blackhawks and uh, the Western Conference, finally get that. Derek Rose tearing his ACL, Copic uh, with the Tommy John. It really came down to me to the biggest heartbreak. It's either Bartman or Parkey's miss? I know that the latest is usually the greatest, but I don't think that's the case. Steve Bartman still resonates. That had to win the poll, correct?
1: You know what? It did not. The Cody, wow. Cody Parky won one. one. Uh, I don't know if they kept the poll going last night after I got off the air. If they did, I haven't looked, but it was interesting that throughout the show, when we were on for an hour, it was clearly... The Cody Parkey over the Steve Bartman. For me, it wasn't even close. It's the Bartman.
0: <laughs> I totally agree with you. Latest, always the
2: greatest. Here's yet another example, Trent. Yeah, mo- mo- moving on from Parkey, the Bears are going to be moving on, right? I, I don't see – there's not a scenario where they can bring him back next season, is there?
1: I don't see it. I don't know how you go off to Bourbon A and you say, hey, guys, you know, media can come in out of the locker room and talk. Guys, how do you move on from that terrible ending? Guys, what do you do on like, mm-hmm. supporting? You can't. You just can't. It's unfortunate. I just don't see a scenario how they bring him in. Mm. Cap,
0: uh, what's Mitchell Trubisky's biggest offseason? Uh, what? What? Uh, give me the number one a topic for him. He has to get better at what?
1: Mitchell Trubisky just has to be more accurate. It's just being more comfortable in the offense. I thought down the stretch, I thought he was out. Standing on Sunday. The throw to Allen Robinson on the last drive, that was a big boy throw. The throw on third and nine for 19 yards to Taylor Gabriel, that was one of the best throws I saw him make all year. So it's coming. It's going to take time. But I'm telling you, this thing is going to be really, really good. And the people that, you know, rip this kid, he can't play, it's not going to end well.
2: So offensively, you expect to step forward next year. Defensively, what they played at such a historically high level. I I know you would like to see them build on a cap, but don't you think that there's probably got to be some kind of step back next year?
1: A step back in terms of record
2: defensively, because Uh, they played at such a high level. I mean, look at Jacksonville last year. That team was incredible. They took a step back, and then well, the offense didn't take the step forward. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but I'd say this to you: you know, Roquan Smith didn't get there till just before the season started. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack didn't get there till just before the Packer game. So you had you know, two of your more impactful players that weren't even around for training camp, had no training camp, and dealt with you know an injury in the middle of the season. The Mack missed two games. You dealt with Roquan with a hamstring. There were a number of things that went on. Now they were blessed. This team with great health, they were, but we can't predict whether you'll have good health or bad health. But I can tell you, I think some of their key players are only going to be better players. So I'd be surprised if they took much of a step back.
0: Uh, David Caplet is our guest. Caplet, switch gears. I want to do basketball with you. Uh, when you heard that Tibbs was fired. Uh, ironically, after they blew out the Lakers uh, over the weekend, uh, Tibbs lost his gig in uh, in, in Minnesota. Uh, ironically, maybe it's Fred Hoiberg that's going to get that job. I know Ryan Saunders is named the interim. Um, just your thoughts on Tibbs, and, and what do you think of regarding Hoiberg? Uh, apparently, he doesn't want to work in the front office. What are you hearing, Cap? So, two parter.
1: Yeah, I keep hearing that he wants to coach, that Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, is a huge fan of. Fred Hoiberg, but they also like the late Flip Saunders' son, who is the interim coach, and I'm hearing they're going to give him every chance to try and earn that job over the final 40-whatever game, 42 games, I think, that they have left. So that's the part on him. Would they like to bring Fred in in the front office? Maybe. Fred says he would like to coach. I know UCLA reportedly has some interest, but I also believe, that Fred doesn't want to go back to college if he can help it. I don't think he wants to be out recruiting and dealing with all that nonsense. So I would believe that at some point, Fred Hoiberg, sooner rather than later, is going to be an NBA head coach. I'm just not sure it's in Minnesota.
0: Your thoughts on Tibbs?
1: Uh, Look, I'm a Tibbs guy. You know that. I am a big fan of Tom. I texted with him last night. Tom has some amazing qualities. He's an incredible X and O coach. His drive and work ethic and passion to coach basketball is spectacular. He's got to be better at playing in the sandbox with others. That's A. B, I would never, ever, ever, ever want a head coach to also be president of basketball operations. Because when you are a GM, a team president, an executive VP, a director of player personnel, and you're the coach, well, please explain to me how the coach who wants to win every game could take the long-term view to build the right thing. That, for me, I I, I would never think that situation could work.
2: Gar Pax with uh, the combination of Gar Foreman and Paxson. Are they back after this season uh, with the new coaching hire upon them? a reshuffling of the roster still that has a lot of work to be done. Are those guys back?
1: It certainly sounds like it. Wow. So They're allowing them to make moves. They allowed them to change coaches. So unless they're going to pull the plug on these guys after the season, Jerry is an incredibly loyal man, and he believes in these guys. So I would be surprised if Gar packs were gone. I would. One. Two. Let's assume that Gar pack Gar foreman has already moved from a visible gm role to he's out scouting you never hear with him with the media anymore so perhaps you know he's already been demoted they didn't take his title but you don't have any visions of gar foreman being the guy
0: in charge, hmm. Cap. Last thing for you, Trent and I uh, on uh, Tuesday show we talked about. You know, you were coming up on the show on Wednesday, and you know I'm going to ask Cappy because it seems to me, Trent, that the White Sox are stealing a little bit of the <laughs> Cubs' thunder uh, in the off season, and that was exactly his response. He laughed at that. Yeah. Am I, am I all wet thinking that the White Sox are – there's there's some buzz around this team? Maybe not to the extent that they're stealing all the Cubs' thunder, but they're making some noise this off season aren't they?
1: They are. I think they've done some great things. I mean, look, whether they get Manny Machado or Bryce Harper or not, they're a better baseball team with John Jay and uh, the uh, Herrera kid they just signed in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. They've done a nice job at improving – their everyday product. That's not a 101-loss team anymore. Are they, do I think they're going to win the division and make a run to win a World Series this year? I don't. But I do think they've got this thing on solid ground. And as Aloy Jimenez and some of these other guys start to get to the big leagues and figure things out, White Sox are on their way, man. I think they're going to be good. Cappy,
0: our show is good when you're on it. Thank you, Cap. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. See you, pal. Always love talking to you guys. Yep, good to talk to you. David Kaplan joining us uh, from Chicago. Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. If a um, home project is in the works... Uh, Maybe you're going to add some stone. Maybe you, whatever. Checked out the showroom, Centurion Stone of Iowa. They're located at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street uh, in Des Moines. Or go to their website, centurionstoneofiowa.com. The outside of our condo, all Centurion Stone. Both our fireplaces from the floor to the ceiling, Centurion Stone. uh, A real touch of class. Centurion Stone of Iowa uh, makes it possible for us to speak with Cappy. We'll take a timeout. We'll continue on here. Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. Fourteen
1: sixty KXNO hugs. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO.
0: The heart is a blue. All right, welcome back, Lauren Con to Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. You know, Trent, it's always a risk when we tape Cappy first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. From the time we get off with him at eight thirty or so. Between 8.30 and the time we air him, something Chicago sports-related is going to happen. Cross our fingers. No, it's bound to happen. Chris Bryan's going to get traded. I mean, we hope that's not the case. but That would be big. That would be big, and that would be, well, why didn't they ask Cappy about that? Boy, these guys are worse than I thought. Um, and I never did have a very high opinion in the first place. <laughs> but Vic Fangio, not a big needle mover, right? But Vic Fangio, I uh, guess where I'm going, is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. So the Bears defensive coordinator is moving on. As a Bronco fan, I'm kind of... Why has he waited 40 years to get his first gig?
2: This one stings as a Bears fan, though, for me.
0: but That defense is still... It's really talented. He's not taking Khalil Mack with him. Are you sure? Or Hicks. Okay, good. Or any
2: of them. Good, good. Adrian Amos, need to sign him.
0: Yeah, true. So I I don't know what to think. Um, The league is going such an offensive slant to it. And yet, uh, the Elway hires defensive guy. Now, I guess Kubiak is in the building and he's going to mm-hmm. turn the offensive, uh, the OC gig over to his former backup. How about that? Elway's former backup now working for him. And he, again, uh, won a Super Bowl for him in Super Bowl 50. So anyways, uh, that's the fear. I guess the, um, the one pitfall of taping Cappy
2: early. Uh, let's get to Wade looking. Bill, he joins us. Now, you told me, Trent, he's headed to Omaha tonight. He is. He's going over to watch a little Big East basketball. Still feels weird to say Big East basketball With in Omaha.
0: Yeah, it really does. At least uh, when Wade's driving back from Omaha, I mean, the blowtorch that is WHO, right. he'll be li- able to listen to his old team, the Hawks and Northwestern. Wade, uh, Trenton, Kent, thanks for coming on. Happy New Year. Why are you going to Omaha tonight?
3: Yes. So I am going to the uh, uh, Creighton Marquette game. My, my good dear friend, Paul Lusk. Oh, of course. I worked a little bit, Got broke his leg, and mm-hmm. then was the head coach of Missouri State for a while. And um, he actually is as as an assistant now at Creighton. Yep. He um, took Darren DeVries spot yep. when Darren came over and took the Drake job. So that, that coach maternity is just really tight, really small. Um, Steve Merfeld is an assistant at Creighton. He was the Iowa State Now, champion, don't, like go, there. He was the don't head coach go there. Don't go there. Hampton. Uh, so Hampton. Yes. was at Evansville. So Paul knows him, too. Through the Missouri Valley, anyway. So I'm gonna go over and watch that game. Really excited. I've never seen Creighton play. I heard the atmosphere is unbelievable, and a big game tonight for them, and a big game for the Hook.
0: You know, I think that Creighton. Correct me if I'm wrong, and not that. Um, I mean, I believe they were the one of the first to sell beer in their venue. I think because yeah, it's off it's campus. For a long time. Yes, um, Colorado always football did. did. Yes, you're right. In the and early nineties, talked about that yep. when he transferred over. But it's a it's a city
3: owned or a county owned facility that chi center now the catholic health initiative so they can do whatever they want hmm. so they've always i guess it's just packed and it'll be a big game tonight it'll be kind
0: of fun got good seats your buddies look after so. you
3: i hope so he better he better <laughs> um, right. yeah I, I think so i think so either way it'll be good
2: well let's get into the hoops in iowa bouncing back in a big way Sunday felt like a must-win, Wade. It really did. Already an 0-3 hole in the Big Ten. And how difficult this conference is this season. It felt like a must-win. What did you see from the Hawks? What was different in the win against Nebraska?
3: I thought they were better. I thought they were a little tougher. You know, um, Nebraska's got pros. Those those three guys, Roby, yeah. the Georgetown transfer, and uh, Jesse, um, the Palmer kid, they can play. They can play. They're going to make some money playing basketball. They're going to go play in the NBA, mm-hmm. but but they're good players. And I thought Iowa did a nice job, you know, forcing Palmer to do other things that he's, you know, he's not really a shooter. And they kind of left him out there and forced him to make shots. Um,
0: Copeland's the kid you're thinking of. Yep.
3: Well, yeah. Yep. Um, um, I thought Ken, maybe I, you guys were talking about this morning, uh, starting Ryan Creener. Mm-hmm. He knocked down that three to start the game. I thought that that helped. Um, and he does give him a little bit of an edge a little bit of a toughness, meanness, which they, which they desperately need. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just thought they did just enough to get the win. And Nebraska's ranked, you know, top twenty-five, or or, or they were. So
0: that's a that's a decent victory for Iowa. What do you see in Garza as he tries to make his way back? Certainly, the mobility was hampered a little bit, forced them to play zone. I thought that, you know, maybe that uh, uh unintended consequences, if you will, worked out very well. But you would think that that's got to be a tough one to come back for from right, and it's just it's just going to take time. And the mobility will be a little bit better tonight probably than it was on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think the one thing I took from that is that kid's a gamer, you know, because he's he, – you know, Fran even said that he didn't want to play him against Nebraska, and he was forced into it, you know, and he had he had eight points the first half, I think, or eight for the game. Mm-hmm, like, yep. And he he was a big spark, and you could argue that if he doesn't, you know, hobble around out there and and, and tough it out, they may not win that game. And um, I think that shows a lot to me that that, 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 that kid wants to win and – Wants to be a part of 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 the team. um, They just got to keep building. You know, tonight is they, they have to win this game. Northwestern is towards the bottom, and they're still a pretty good team. But Iowa has got to get this win on the road.
2: So road trips in the Big Ten, Wade. We we've talked about them in the past, and this is different than the experience you had at Welsh Ryan back in the day. As they have completely revitalized that building, it's completely different than it once was. But take us in a smaller gym. Different kind of feel going into this game than most other Big Ten road games, I'm sure.
3: It is definitely, you know, um, it's a little bit like Drake's Stadium or Drake's Fieldhouse, that 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 kind of size. There'll be a lot of Hawks fans there. You know, there'll be a mm-hmm. lot of Hawks fans there. I don't know if school started quite yet for Northwestern. You know, some some school started Monday, but um, there'll be a lot of Hawks fans there. Weeknight game, um, but this is a different Northwestern team than like when I played years ago. They, they got some talent and. You could argue that their conference resume, you know, they, they lost at Indiana by two. They lost to Michigan at home by two. You know, even though they're one and three, same record as the Hawks, they mm-hmm. they've had a better conference run. No than question.
0: I'm with you, Wade Looking Bill is our guest Wade, uh, I'm going to bring up Trent's guy I'm sure he was going to get to him, he's a Moss guy and I thought he had a really big game a double-double, rebounding, he was all over the boards, got to give him full credit for that, took a lot of shots, made a few but made a double-double uh, he was very important coming off the bench and he's once again going to be you know, one of those bench guys that McCaffrey I think is going to be able to rely on play 31 minutes after all uh, that's a nice piece to have coming off your bench Moss had a really good game, needs to put uh, another one uh, on display tonight.
3: Yeah, I think I think both he and and Camp have got to have maybe you know thirty between the two of them, right around there somewhere. Because um, Tyler Cook's going to get his eighteen and seven, let's say you know eighteen and ten, hopefully more. But um, those other guys got to find some scoring. And Isaiah Moss is a really good player. I mean, we we've talked about it in the past, and he shows flashes where he looks like a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, he has 18 in the first half against Iowa State, especially against their good guards, and then, you know, he has games where he scores three points. It's just, hopefully, you know, going back home, Chicago kid, Simeon and kid, hopefully he's got friends and family and, and is really motivated to, to play well back in his, his home city.
2: So, Wade, Iowa has had big struggles now going back to last season on the road. We talked about the environment at Welsh Ryan and, and the different kind of environment that you're going to get, but... Just in general, this is a team now that has a lot more upperclassmen. They have grown older together. What's it take when that when Northwestern has that first big run to not go down the same path that seemingly they have each time they've been on the road over the last year and a half?
3: I think it's a couple things, and um, they've got to get off to a good start. You know, they they it has to be twenty four eighteen Iowa. You know, halfway through the first half, or at least towards the end of the first half, and they. Heaven forbid, they cannot be down 11 at half. You know, they have to be in the game to at least have a chance at the end to win it. You know, that's what we've talked about in the past is not, not only are they losing on the road, but they're just not competitive. I mean, the game's over at halftime at Michigan State. The game's over at halftime at Purdue. And they, you know, this is a team, again, Northwestern. They got good players. You know, Vic Law and that Pardon kid can play. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not stiff, but they're towards the bottom of the Big Ten. So you got to go in there, even though I was an underdog on the road, which they well should be. They have got to find a way. Whether it's you know Bohannon keeps keeps hot, Weescamp's got to be more aggressive. You mentioned Isaiah Moss. They, they got to find a way to do just enough to get the to get a win on the road.
0: Uh, when you look at the conference overall, Wade, uh, Maryland right now is, is four and one, and I think they're exceeding expectations. I think their best win, because let's face it, they haven't exactly played and beaten Murderers Row. If you take a look at their, you know, their wins, a win over Rutgers, a win over Minnesota, I'll give you that one that was on the road, got beat by Purdue, they beat Michigan State, beat Nebraska at home, and Nebraska would come into Carver on Sunday, they'd lose, uh, yet again. Is, is Maryland maybe, I don't want to say a fake four and one, but would you be surprised if Right now, they're in third place in the conference. If you know, if they're in that upper portion of the conference when it's all said and done, they've clearly got some guys. Uh, but I'm not sure. I love that Fernando kid who's a real load in the middle.
3: Bruno Fernando. Uh, yeah, Bruno yeah, Fernando.
0: He's really he's good. Where, where where are you on on the Terps?
3: Yeah, you know, um, I haven't seen them play a lot. Um, I know they're talented. They, they, they get a lot of those prep school kids, and that, and that Fernando kid is a monster. I mean, he is, you know, just dunks everything. That's super skill, but he is a strong, athletic kid. Um, you know, give them credit though—they're mm-hmm. winning the games they're supposed to win, and I think that's like like for for Iowa. Iowa's got to go, say seven and three at home and three and seven on the road. So when you break it down like that, they're not that far behind where they should be. Now that Wisconsin loss at home is one that they they're going to regret. But nobody wins at Purdue. Nobody wins at Michigan State. Um, but tonight has got to be one of those three road wins. Okay but Maryland's taking care of business. They're doing what they need to do. Now, we'll see when they start playing better better teams, but I think the Big 10 is just it's it's just survival of the fittest. And you have to stay healthy and get your 10 or 12 wins and get to the NCAA tournament.
2: Wait, I was watching the highlights last night of Duke as they uh, go on the road and throttle Wake Forest. Zion Williamson goes off 30, 10 and five. The guy is that what he had? He's just absolutely <sighs> incredible. But he
3: six threes, y- yeah? Did
2: he really? Yeah. yeah. The athleticism, though, is off the charts. We- we've talked about some of the great players that you've played against before. Who's the best athlete that you played back uh, played against back in the nineties?
3: You know, I think the first one that kind of jumps off the page is, is Glenn Robinson. You know, mm-hmm. it just was six eight, six nine, and was one of those first big two guards. Now, Glenn was a Prop 48 kid. He was one of the few, the last
2: wow. kids. Had to sit out.
3: Remember the old Prop 48 rule wow. when you didn't, you didn't qualify, so you didn't play as a freshman. Right. And then, and then you come in as a, as a sophomore, not as a freshman, but still your first year. So I just played against him twice, maybe just once, actually, but, um, Six eight six nine, and just jump out of the gym, and then um, be able to shoot like that. So I think it was Glenn Robinson is one, and then um, I think I think Chris Webber was just mm-hmm. yeah like a just just like from another planet, you know, just to be that big and strong and run and jump like that. We played against him four times, and you know he was the type of guy you weren't really scared of people to play against him, but he just looked different, even if, when you saw him next to Jawan Howard or or other bigs in the Big Ten. He was just, he stood out. He was different. He, he was a different cat.
0: How about played with? Those two. How about played with, Wade?
3: You know, James Winters, I mean, James Winters was six five, and I always said he played the wrong sport. James' dad played mm. football in Nebraska. And, you know, he's one of those guys that could have maybe shifted into a tight end because James was six four, six five, and was thick. and, man, could he jump out of the gym. You know, not super skilled, but got a lot better as his college career went on, but athletically he was unbelievable. And then Russ Millard, you know, Russ was Russ was, you know, never in great shape and just (laughs) was never kind of figured it out, was still stuck around draft pick but For 6'9, the stuff he could do, shoot the three and jump out of the gym. He was special. Russell
0: was a special player. Last thing, uh, on, uh, on on Iowa tonight against Northwestern. Maybe, Trent, you have a follow up. But, uh, you know, Bohannon found a shooting eye clearly on, uh, on Sunday uh, against Nebraska. Was that just being playing free a little bit? I mean, how big was his bucket, his three? We kind of contorted his body. He was in midair when he took the shot. It went down and made such big threes, timely threes, Wade. Has scored the first half for right.
3: that, that shot. Yeah. Uh,
0: so so what does that do for him tonight? Does that get the confidence where it was last year? Maybe. I think it does. I think that half court shot, and then I think going ten for ten from the
3: free throw line. You know, he's he's you know, quote unquote struggled from the free throw line. Nothing like he was last year. He's still shooting low eighties, but he, he hasn't been. It's just that there's something different there. But I think getting those twenty two in the second half, ten for ten from the line. They've been playing him more at the two. You know, they'll play Connor and Jordan. A little bit more, especially against Nebraska. I think that helps Jordan. You know, he can't he can't guard the opposing two man, but boy, when he's on that wing on a break and Connor finds him, that's a that's a probably a fifty percent from three type of shot. Um, You know, I, I think he's going to be ready to play tonight. I just I don't know. Iowa has not played well on the road, and Northwestern is down a little bit from where they were last year. I, I just think Iowa comes out and just finds a way, gets it done tonight by seven
0: or eight. Hope you're right. As you mentioned, it's one of those you get to three and seven on the road. This feels like it has to be one of them. Well, we'll be looking for you, you on. Look
3: at their schedule, too, just real quick. They got Ohio State at home. Yeah. You know, so tough game, yep. but home. And then I forget how it goes, but I know they got Illinois at home and at Penn State. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, if they can keep it going and get, you know, four of these last five, including Nebraska, or even all five, they're, they're right back in it.
0: So when are you heading over to Omaha? Are you ducking out of work early?
3: No, no. I, I actually cover, I'm, I'm a sales rep, so I cover Omaha. Football.
0: Nice.
3: So I'll just do my thing and, and actually going <laughs> to stay overnight, maybe maybe see my buddy, go watch the Iowa game. It'll be fun.
0: Well, we'll look for you on CBS Sports Network <laughs> 219 because I'm sure you'll be right behind the Marquette bench, or at least I would hope that's yeah. where they park you.
3: I hope it's the Creighton bench. I hope it's the Creighton bench. Well, but, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun night of basketball.
0: Good stuff. Wade, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Guys. Thank good to you. talk to you. Way looking, Bill. Going over to watch Marquette Creighton tonight. Of course, Creighton bench. Maybe, with yes, the families, right? Yes, had and uh, good seats. forgot about the Paul Luss connection. I right, took DeVries' job. DeVries' team had a nice win last night. Drake puts one in the win call. There's a lot of Southern Illinois love, Trent.
2: Yes, they had been playing mm-hmm. well, and Barry Hinson running that program. I thought he'd have a little more success by now.
0: Uh, you know he's not having a lot of success this year. It's the other team in the state. By the way, uh, the Panthers are at the NAP Center this weekend. They are. I think it's a Sunday game.
2: Normally Saturday. That, that was weird. almost like clockwork. It'd be Saturday, 1, yes. 2 o'clock, get in there, watch mm-hmm. the second half of that first NFL game, which is sometimes a clunker. Not this week, though. That Saturday game, very intriguing with the Colts and the Chiefs. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, Greg Williams has lost his gig in Cleveland. Out!
0: Out Freddie Kitchens, uh, who came in and took the interim OC job. I guess him and Baker Mayfield hit it off. Uh, now uh, he gets the head coaching gig. Greg Williams gets his walking papers. <laughs> It's fine, though.
2: It's fine. He's got a
0: stack of That's what he of said. Offers. He's
2: got a stack of offers. Well, we'll see how that
0: materializes, of course. If you missed it earlier, Vic Fangio, no longer the Bears' defensive coordinator. Uh, he's taking up residence in the Mile High City. He'll be the head coach in Denver. And in all likelihood, that means Gary Kubiak going to stick around and become the offensive coordinator. He was kind of a an unpaid—I adv- don't know, maybe he was paid, but an was advisory Ill, right? role. Yes, that's why he left— um, in the first place, that's okay. why he retired from head coaching. Just didn't want the uh, the hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, he collapsed on the sidelines when he was the coach in Houston. That's Do you right. remember that? Yes, yes. Had that health scare in the middle of the game, and it was um, you know it was frightening for him, obviously. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons uh, that he gave up the head coaching gig. But I, you know, here's here's a question about it. I don't want to be at this all Denver, but um, is this Elway's last hire? I mean, we're talking about John Elway here. Yes. And I know what John Elway means in the Mile High City, to the Mile High City. And how soon we forget, right? I guess. I mean, what have you done for me late, lately? I'm not saying that the franchise wouldn't have been there had they not been able to get acquire him in the Colts in that 83 draft. Um, but look what he did to that, for that franchise. And now they're getting a little Elway fatigue. I mean, he can't draft a quarterback to save his life.
2: No, it's been terrible,
0: and he's going to take another one this year. You know he's going to. Drew Locke is going to be a Bronco. You already you're 10. calling it. I, it's a, a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Elway loves quarterbacks. He just can't find himself. That's what like he keeps looking for. You're down on Elway. No, I'll never be down on
2: never, Elway. never, never. How many bad hires would it take? <laughs> Half dozen <laughs> more. More so,
0: bad quarterback signings. Yeah. Case Keenum, Osweiler, draft. Paxton Lynch, ooh, Trevor Simeon. I mean, he drafted him seventh in the seventh round. Right. It wasn't terrible. Uh, Adam Teicher is going to be here tomorrow. Mark Morehouse is going to be here tomorrow. First time Mark joins us as we move down the dial, and we're grateful for that. Look forward to that. Trying to get to, uh, well. We're working on a couple of things. Trent and I are back tomorrow with ten. Thanks for being with us. It's Miller and Condon. Murph and Andy are the next local 2 to 4 1460 kicks and